Today's guest is the sports editor at CNN IBN in India, Mr. Gauro Kalra. We'll be talking about the coverage of cricket in India, journalism in general, and his views on some of the happenings in cricket. Welcome to the show, Mr. Kalra. Gauro would be fine, Subhash. Thank you. All right. Excellent. You worked with uh, TWI, producing content such as uh, news bulletins and live broadcasts. before you started your work as sports editor at uh, CNN IBN uh, i think that was in 2005 am i correct that's right uh, i had a period in the interim between 2001 to 2005 where i worked for uh, quintus which was a television production arm of wisdom uh, which uh, all of us cricket nuts know about <laughs> and uh, i did a, a fair amount of the cricket programming for for them so that was a four year stint in between twi and this current position so tell us what is the job of a sports editor at a television network really entail what is your typical day is like uh, subhash it can vary from uh, uh from day to day as you can imagine just as the news does but largely my uh, lookout is uh, content the sports content on uh, cnn ibn i uh, i have the job of overseeing the content which i have a team of reporters producers as which basically comes up the, we uh, we have a brief to produce a news bulletin every evening which looks at sport and every morning half past 7 both timings mm-hmm. and on days such as uh, on uh, events special events such as the ipl or the olympics or Or, uh, a big cricket series we do special programming so my lookout really is to um, to look at uh, every bit of sports content that goes on cnn ibn and to offer it direction if i can uh, and uh, to uh, well you know to to do what journalists do which is um, stay in touch with the cricketers try and uh, get uh, interviews with them uh, try or just why just cricketers stay in touch with all sport sportsmen and and women uh, you know uh, come up with programming ideas uh, look at um, uh, production uh, and how we can improve what we put out on air uh, so things of that nature it's largely it's a both an editorial as well as a, a a role in which we look at the creation of content from a production point of view which is which is a which is something that television requires coming to the coverage of cricket uh, yes. itself in india as someone watching it as a fan i feel that uh, the reporting has tended to be uh, more personality driven than actual reporting of the news you know there seems to be more interest in covering the cricket from the angle of speculations gossip than providing news uh, what is your so take much- on it uh to a certain extent i would concede that that one of the points that needs to be understood is there is cricket media and there is cricket media there is an enormous amount of cricket media in india to be honest with you i uh, concede to a certain amount uh, to a certain degree that there is a lot of speculation there is a lot of um, uh, you know well sometimes even innuendo we are driven by a bit of a celebrity culture in not just in cricket but i think in coverage of all forms of news in india but i believe that there are some uh, and i would 
uh, add us as among those who try to chart their own path, who try to look at the game itself, uh, who try to look at issues around the game, and who try to look at, um, you know, who try to look at the situations that the game throws up. And uh, you have to concede, I guess, as a cricket fan, that it's not just only about the cover driving and uh, the sharp slip catching and uh, things of that nature. It is also about the enormous amount of politics that, uh, that, uh, that surrounds cricket in India and a very opaque cricket board, which does not communicate with its press and has a, possibly the most awful relationship that a cricket board can have with its cricket press. Uh, all of those are contributing factors Subhash, to, to the point that you're making. But I do concede that this is an area that uh, news television has to look at very seriously. Uh, I was going to ask you that question. The opaqueness of the cricket board. I mean, mm-hmm. there was a time in the 90s when uh, the BCCI had a, you know, any announcements or selection committee had a team to announce. They will have press conferences. And what happened was it became a tamasha, it became a free-for-all. And then BCCI discontinued the uh, entire process of having press conferences. Don't you think the media has to shoulder some of the blame for why the BCCI is actually opaque? Okay, Subhash, let me actually uh, give you the scenario as it stands right now. While, you know, while some of what you may be saying is true, there is, there, these are very, uh, these are jobs that need professional management. Uh, I, I know, you know, I have, um, I've been lucky enough to cover cricket around the world. And uh, uh, let me be very honest with you, the cricket press is brutal around the world. It is not just that in India, the, 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 the cricket press is brutal, not just with the players, but also with, uh, you know, with the administrators and things of that nature. One, that the BCCI has never had a professional media man as a media as their media manager. What that does is that creates a situation of the kind you saw in Australia, for instance, during the press conferences. And I'm sure you're, yeah. you've kept an eye on those things. What happened was that Mr. Walia was completely unaware of how to handle the media, how to, uh, you know, for just doing simple things like calling a reporter to ask a question. You can easily do that. It's like a bit like an orchestra manager, you know. You just stand and you go, all right, uh, uh, Gaurav Kalra from CNN IBN, you're up next. Vikrant Gupta from Ajtak, you're up next. Uh, so-and-so from Mumbai Mirror, you're up next. And you ask the questions and you control it. And if there is a if there is somebody who can do that, I bet you that there'll be a little bit more um, calmness to the proceedings. The second thing is, and I think you're driving to this, is the shut-up incident with Shrikant. <laughs> and uh, that was again an example of how shambolic this board is when it comes to managing the media. We can have differing views on the selection. It was a contentious selection. He needed to sit in a board office and needed to speak to the uh, cricket press explaining, or if not explaining, at least doing what he was doing outside. Instead, it became the complete tomfoolery where uh, nobody got anything uh, and in the end, Shrikant just uh, blew his top. The other thing is, if, you've, um, if you uh, just log on to or um, uh, you know, subscribe to the media releases of countries such as Australia, England and South Africa, one of the things you'll notice is that they don't necessarily always have press conferences to explain selections. But when they send out a release, for instance, of selection, you know, we've selected this 14, we've left A, B and C out and we've picked D, E and F instead, there'll be a short paragraph explaining the logic that the selectors have used in those selections. That is completely missing from the BCCI. What they do is they send us a 15-man list. Here is their team for the Asia Cup. 
And as a result, you can only imagine, Subhash, then it's your opinion against mine. Mm-hmm. Why is it that Tendulkar wanted to play the Asia Cup? I have A opinion and you have B opinion. But the chairman of selectors or the selection committee thought of a reason why he was picked. But that was, they didn't bother to explain that reason, even in written. Forget doing a press conference. Just do what Australia and England do. So I think these are the areas that this cricket board will have to look at. And that's what has caused this disconnect between the cricket press. And I'm no spokesperson for the cricket press. <laughs> but the cricket press and the uh, BCCI. I agree. I agree for a board that is as big as it is. They need to have a professional PR arm. I don't know what the wisdom behind not having it is, but they yes. certainly should, and I'll give you that. You brought up uh, the uh, you know the whole brouhaha around uh, Bosch. You shot up okay. After that, uh, Chief of Selectors Krishna Machari Srikant, he was on your network CNN IBN, being interviewed by uh, uh, your uh, reporter Sanjeev Mukherjee. I had a few issues with that interview. Number one, mm. you know, I understand that uh, there was no explanation given as the team was announced. And Mukherjee had about 20 minutes of a conversation with the chairman of selectors. My first issue, um, you know, forget about the team and everything. He kept calling the chairman of selectors Chika, right? I don't know what relationship Mukherjee has with uh, Srikant off-air, but isn't that crossing some line of professionalism? Well, is there a line of professionalism in covering cricket in India? And if so, where does one draw that line? Okay, um, I don't know, Subhash, how many questions you will ask me on this um, on this interview, but I will give you certain, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll try to answer each of them as best I can. One, you must remember, I wasn't conducting the interview. Mm-hmm. So it will, uh, and it was live television, which is a very important factor. While a lot of the points that have been made subsequent, and I know that this has made a lot of, um, this has got a lot of traction on, on the blog space. In live no, television... No, like my point is this... Um, it's still chairman of selectors and it's still reporter of CNN and IBN that's calling somebody give, else. Chik- I, I'm not giving this as an, uh, as an excuse or anything, but I'm trying to give you an explanation for what was going on. Before Krish Srikant became chairman of selectors, for four years or so, he was uh, the cricket analyst on CNN and IBN. Mm-hmm. We all have an extremely close relationship with Krish Srikant. Now, that is, not, uh, that is not to say that it is an unprofessional relationship, but it is an extremely close relationship built on the number of years that we have worked with him. You can imagine how many programs he would have done with us in four years. Mm-hmm. In that period, we developed a system, we developed kind of a term for him while he was on the show, where we used to call him Chika Sir. You know, mm-hmm. it became a, it became a, well, you could call it a term of endearment in a sense, <laughs> because he was our, he was our cricket analyst. He was somebody that, um, you know, you know, the kind of personality he is, he was vivacious and he was, you know, it, so he, he had that. Um, so we had this term of calling him that. Now, this is something that I struggle with sometimes when I interview him as well, because I struggle to call him Mr. Shrikant. You could read that as unprofessional, Subhash. Uh, what I'm trying to tell you is put yourself in our position where for these number of years we've called him a certain thing and uh, that kind of, that language still seeps into our uh, occasional interviews that uh, we do with him sometimes. Now, if that language uh, at the time that he was using it became overtly aggressive and and things of that kind, then uh, perhaps, you know, in retrospect, there is a point there. However, in the, uh, I I keep on going back to this main issue. And Subhash, I mean, we can stay on this, you know, for a very long time, as long as you wish. But 
the central point remains it was live television it was an extremely hot uh, selection at the time mm-hmm. very contentious and uh, the incident that had happened uh, before this when he had uh, blown his top again, uh, on a on a reporter was asking what was a perfectly legitimate question mm-hmm. correct sanjeev de- decided that at that moment we perhaps needed to question him in a slightly more aggressive manner than we usually do in fact subhash we are uh, uh, with uh, with shrikant we have been accused of exactly the opposite if you see the uh, cricket media around uh, india we get accused of actually being um, the channel that krishrikant leaks things to which is the farthest thing from the truth because i can tell you with complete confidence that in 4 years we have never had one bit of selection known to us before the selection has occurred because krishrikant has chosen to tell us that mm. so yes i mean that is a uh, that is an interview that we've uh, reflected on several uh, a couple of times i've spoken to sanjeev about it as well mm-hmm. and on reflection perhaps there was an overt aggression in that interview but i i seriously believe that you know sometimes live television doesn't allow you the second chance that you know in, on reflection that you'd like to have i give you that that uh, you know it may have an aggressive tone to it which is fine you know uh, it happens uh, live telecast as you said uh, doesn't give a second chance but the fact is he had a second chance um, and he kept going back to this uh, you know appointment of virat kohli as vice captain um and uh, he asked him what the reason was and uh, shrikant explained it in his own words you know futuristic view but um, mukherjee wasn't satisfied with it and he wanted to know whether that was a snub to gautam gambhir and he kept asking that question maybe three or four times and you know it was a valid question for the first time why keep going back to the same thing that i mean whatever the tone is aggressive or soft doesn't really matter why keep going back to the same question you know you said you did have a chat mukherjee about that <laughs> so are we to believe that uh, you know in further on when there is an a hot selection topic a selector comes on air uh, the tone of the interview would be different i i can't answer for what's going to happen on live television in uh, on in another case uh, subhash mm-hmm. but i think that uh, the point that you concede yourself is the important one to stay on that you know it was a valid question to perhaps ask once twice and if you're not satisfied sometimes with the answer in the and again i you know this is something that you'll just have to accept me saying which is that in sometimes in live news situations mm-hmm. there is a there, there comes a point where uh, uh, you know you don't necessarily make the right judgment call it's happened not this is a very minor thing in comparison to the things that have happened in uh, on on live television we've all got to accept that and move on now what will happen in the future perhaps uh, when a situation of this kind emerges again and once again you're asking me about a third person you know you can <laughs> no because you you are the sports yes. editor and he comes under your yes. uh, responsibility purview yeah, that's that's right that's that's absolutely right but i uh, i i was not doing the interview at the time that it was going on mm-hmm. so you know the, when it when it happens a scenario of this kind again will we be uh, just as aggressive perhaps not you know there's a but that's the beauty of um, any form of life i mean you learn lessons and it's more satisfying to hear from a sports editor that that I mean as a fan watching it uh, it was pretty grating that's all um, well I'll uh, move on from that um, thank you <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is a question from a dear friend of yours Kartikeya Date um, you oh, guys yeah. have uh, gone back and forth on this you know you uh, he published a blog uh, post from you um, regarding yes. uh, the job of the selectors um, his yes. question is 
what are the limits to selectors job and do you believe that the selectors can select the best team at any given time and if you have uh, another set of people or selectors could they in good faith select a different set of players from the one that was selected and if that is so then what implications would this have for the criticism of selectors uh, you know subhash i think uh, this is uh, this is something that i elaborated on I, i believe that the that selection in india now especially with the fact that they are professional selectors they should be up for scrutiny mm-hmm. what i wrote in in my blog is uh, something that i believed was a trend with the selection for over a year they were not being true to their jobs and i cons- i believe that because i noticed incident after incident over a year now you may as an observer of the game from the distance believe that i was wrong that's fair enough mm. i uh, i am willing to concede that yes the selectors could have chosen that team in good faith but it is my belief that they did not choose it in good faith and actually they gave up Uh, a large part of their responsibility i believed for instance subhash can i give this can i give an example please i believe for instance that when the fourth test match was about to begin in australia the fact that india had lost seven straight test matches needed the chairman of selectors to go down to australia if the need be or have a conference call with the team management and say that listen uh we believe that as a team as a toss selection committee you have abdicated certain responsibilities and we believe that as um as the chair, as the sele- national indian selectors we will choose a team that will now take this is hap- there's precedence for this in cricket all the time mm-hmm. you good and bad that the chairman of selectors puts his foot down and selects the 11 even when the team is on tour so that's a bit of garbage that uh, the team is selected by the team the once the squad is selected chairman of selectors has no stake they did not do anything of the kind and the same team which i believe is a shocking scenario i don't know what you think subhash um it is shocking for me to think that the same team without rohit sharma and ajinkya rahane played in that test match i, I thought it was i thought it was an absolute and utter disgrace and that's why it reached a point where i uh, was uh, forced to write that piece so i believe yes they can make it, they can make errors on uh, on uh, good faith and um, they can make errors of judgment but that piece was the culmination of a year a year and a half of incidents which i thought were reflected poorly on that selection committee there has been so much talk about sanjeev's interview mm-hmm. uh, and how sanjeev's interview was uh, was poor ill mannered and things of that kind i think that if you look at some of the posts that kartike puts out mm-hmm. uh, you know while the aggression doesn't worry me in the least because i deal with this every day some of the language that he uses if not language well some of the suggestions that he makes are uh, are uh, quite frankly extremely pompous and very poor taste but that's okay people have the right to do that because you know that's that's just the nature of the beast that we live in these days and i was uh, the, the the reason i took uh, i uh, thought that i would write back to him was because i thought that there was certain amount there was certain amount of clarification that i needed to make on the on the first post i did that and i've withdrawn from the conversation subsequent to that because i'd much rather be called crude and mediocre and all of that by people who live in india and and understand the craft of indian ju- journalism as it works over here so unfortunately i don't think uh, kartike has any idea of how uh, how uh, difficult it is to work in this indian cricket journalism situation please uh, enlighten us how does it really work the craft of indian cricket journalism 
Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give you again. I'll, I'll try to. I'll try to elaborate that with examples. Please. Um, there has been, there has been uh, the IPL, for instance, over the last five or six years, which has created, um, you know, the, which has challenged a cricket journalist in many ways that uh, a cricket journalist never thought he would be challenged. Subhash, you have to understand uh, things of, you know, things such as sweat equity, uh, shareholding pattern. You have to work with corporates, which you've never done in the past. Uh, you have to understand how this system works, and you have to and uh, build sources. And uh, and it's the same. And I think that if you look back on the last three or four years, some of the muck that has been exposed in the IPL is because of perhaps this overt cricket journalism that everyone, um, you know, that a lot of people seem to find uh, so abominable. Mm-hmm. It is because of the work done by cricket journalists. And I think I'll. You can uh, look back on some of the exposes that have been made on the functioning of the IPL, on how the Kochi franchise was put together, for instance, how um, the Flintoff auction fixing story was broken. Mm-hmm. All of this is a is a uh, is a strong reflection of of what I call the craft of Indian uh, cricket journalism. And uh, you know, yes, we make mistakes, and sometimes in those overt situation, uh, in those you know situations where a story is developing rapidly but trust me this is live television you know you have to acknowledge mistakes and i we do that all the time you have to learn from them we do that all the time and uh, hopefully you won't make the same mistake the next time but that also sometimes doesn't happen you make the mm-hmm. same mistake but uh, but i think that we've played um, uh, you know, and I again, you know, this is a difficult um, one for me to say, keep saying we about mm-hmm. because you I don't represent the cricket press. So when I say we, I mean I, I mean Team CNN, IBN, and nothing else. I yeah. don't mean any any um, anything else. What are the inherent um, checks and balances that you have in your uh, journalistic profession and in CNN, IBN uh, news reporting uh, practices? We have a very robust system of checks and balances. The, the the word source is something that's uh, very badly misused in uh, in uh, Indian journalism, and I'm very careful to say Indian journalism, not just Indian cricket journalism. Mm-hmm. But we have um, over the t- over time, I have encouraged, uh, and I think some of our reporters have done this by themselves, is that they have developed a a, a, a bunch of very reliable sources. Uh, I'll give you an example of the Flintoff fixing story, which mm-hmm. again Sanjeev, by the way, broke. The story wasn't put out on air till the time that we had an irrefutable document which said that this email exchange took place between Mr. Lalit Modi and Mr. N. Srinivasan. <laughs> that document wasn't denied by the Chennai Super Kings. It wasn't and it's subsequently been cons- uh, acknowledged by uh, Lalit Modi as a mistake, which uh, which is laughable. But yeah, but very rarely does a story go out which does not check out. You know, sometimes we... Uh, for instance, on a selection, Subhash. Now, selection mm-hmm. is a lot what happens on match day, on selection day. Mm-hmm. But on you get a kind of, well, what do you call it? You can get a, I call it a cephalogist's wind. <laughs> oh, well, so-and-so is in line for selection. We knew, for instance, three or four days before the West Indies series in India that Harbhajan Singh was on the way out, that he wasn't, he did not enjoy the support of the majority of the selection committee. Mm-hmm. But things can turn. So you uh, you write it or you put it out in a certain manner that you say that uh, that sources Harbhajan Singh unlikely to be sele- uh, Harbhajan Singh 
uh, you know, unlikely to be selected for series against West Indies. If you're that sure, if you're not that sure, then you say Harbhajan Singh faces stiff opposition within selection committee. Mm-hmm. You know, so these are your, these are the kind of checks and balances that you that uh, that you run. And I think that uh, largely the fact that we haven't really been sued for a huge amount of money in the last six years proves that our sources hold up. Um, There is another uh, viewer question. Uh, This one is from another good friend of yours, Shrikanth. Uh, You've written about DRS on your blog on uh, cricketnext.com. What are your views on the DRS now that, uh, you know, it's been been shown to have a certain number of flaws uh, in the way it is implemented um, and it cannot be equally applied to all the countries. Um, due to you know whatever export uh, restrictions etc cetera, etc cetera. how has your thinking changed you know you are a major proponent of drs yeah actually um, i'm surprised that's quite a tame question from shrikant is it homer tweets <laughs> yes okay is. that's he's, he's suddenly become very nice to me can i take that question after i give you an aside uh, subhash if sure. you don't mind just add a minute there are two aspects to this one is that uh, as this as an on-air anchor, which is what part of my responsibilities at, as sports editor at CNN-IBN, mm-hmm. I have a different role. As a blogger, that's uh, that's completely my space. So, on as an on-air anchor, I always, always ask the questions. I very rarely ever express an opinion. Unless I'm put in that position in a discussion or with five or six other people mm-hmm. and I, I'm asked to offer an opinion. So that distinction is very important. What I write on my blog is actually not my personal blog. I mean, it is, it's my blog space, but it's run by IBN Live. This was another one of Karthike's problems. And I thought that was quite childish, but fine. Um, you know, the, the, the blog is somewhere where I express an opinion, Subhash. Okay. I have the right to an opinion. I don't impose my opinion on when I'm anchoring, which is a which is a distinction I make because there are cricketers and there are analysts who are uh, answering questions, and at that time it is not my position, not my place to be offering opinion. That's one distinction that I just wish you would put in this when you put it out. Mm-hmm. On the DRS question, actually, if um, Shrikant looks at the blogs that I have written and see the last one that I've written on DRS, mm-hmm. where actually I concede certain um, problems with the system, I completely concede that I was a huge DRS proponent. Mm-hmm. However, after the incidents that happened in Sri Lanka where uh, Sean Marsh was given out LBW when he clearly wasn't, mm-hmm. And um, the hotspot failures in England, mm-hmm. I I did review that position. I've, uh, I don't think I need to elaborate that very open. Uh, I mean, I'll take up too much space. You can just link to that blog and okay. if you see it, I'll, I'll email it to you if you want. Uh, I think it was uh, the post titled, yes. Douse the DRS Fire. That's right. Correct. Now, uh, I had, uh, but, but I'll tell you one thing. Um, I had several problems with the position that the BCCI took on the DRS. Mm-hmm. One was the position, for instance, taken by Ravi Shastri, which I thought was absolutely ridiculous, where one day he sits on a cricket committee in the ICC, mm-hmm. which makes a recommendation that press release is available on the ICC website, mm-hmm. where they make a recommendation that DRS must be implemented mm-hmm. with immediate effect or something to that to that. Uh, and it's the ICC's cricket committee unanimously 
ट I made another point, which was that the DRS would the problems with the DRS would not have been known till the time that you actually played cricket under it. Mm-hmm. If you uh, if you kept on te- keep on testing it in a laboratory, the sport is uh, is uh, offers scenarios which none of us can imagine. Mm-hmm. And so, as a result, it needed to be put out there. And clearly, the technology was found in some cases. For instance, I have it from very reliable sources in the production in um, in Sri Lanka that the technology used was extremely poor, not the best technology that is available. Mm-hmm. I can't talk on this as lucidly as um, Karthike can because he's really, um, you know, that's something I admire that he's really studied this. But the technology used wasn't as reliable. in uh, sri lanka there is a better there was better technology available but for cost concerns it wasn't used mm-hmm. so at the moment i believe that either there should be a standardization of every test match being mm-hmm. played with hotspot and ball tracking available of the same quality or none at all mhm my current position on drs okay if i do not believe that any other sport in the world allows its participants to choose the playing conditions and right. cricket is making a huge mistake by doing that it allows one team to pick drs one team not to pick drs uh, i think it's a it's a mishmash and it 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 serves no purpose so that's why i believe that it's important to get the technology sorted and reintroduce it um, as standard technology for all test match and one day cricket around the world so, i mean that's a very fair position you talked about the distinction between you being an on air uh anchor and then as a blogger um yes. a question from uh, benjamin prabhu there's exponential increase in the number of cricket blogs what purpose do you think they serve you know as someone that's a sports editor um do they really matter i think they matter a lot subhash and i i'll be honest with you you know i'm not very much of a uh, of an internet person i was i'm not on facebook which some people believe is absolutely scandalous now i i've learned a hell of a lot from reading blogs of and i think that it's very important to get for journalists to get input from uh, you know non journalists and I, i keep i think we keep going back to this but i read for instance i've been reading the stuff you've done with uh, with various people on on the couch and that's excellent uh, you know it's a, it's very good for me to as a journal as a professional journalist to just look that up for instance if i'm doing a story today on the problem of depression in cricket i will definitely refer to what you've done with ian o'brien thank you now uh, it's the same uh, with um, i i think that i uh, put out a blog that i read that um, was it shrikant and you who had done it on um, on the reason possible reason for uh, the t20 being organized in um, in south africa yeah. in, in just before the ipl yes mm, that 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 was in like, and that was very speculative by the way subhash you would have done any cricket journalist proud because you had no evidence to back up what <laughs> but uh, that was but it made sense it was logical it's the same with um, with the what the the things that kartike has written for instance and i uh, not just 
put that out, but I put that out on my Twitter page so that people follow me can read it. Uh, in fact, the the savagery that he inflicted on me, I put it out on my Twitter page all the time without fail every time. Uh, it would be foolish for me as a cricket journalist to think that it's only me who can understand this sport. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think that there's a lot of people out there who have a deep understanding of of uh, cricket, of um, you know its nuances. And uh, of its, of the personalities involved, and they are doing some good work, and that that work should be acknowledged. And I think it plays a very uh, it plays a it plays a very important role. Um, okay, couple of questions, and I'll let you go. Um, no, that's fine. Um, going back uh, to uh, sports journalism, this one yes. again uh, is from Shrikant, and it's something that I wanted to ask you as well. What is the depth of knowledge uh, about a particular sport required for someone to become a journalist in that sport? especially in india are they there to enlighten us to guide the discussion or to report on the personalities and aggravate us so basically shrikant and you are asking what it would mean for a journalist to to uh, pro- promote himself from being a mere jhola that, those are yeah. his words uh, that he sent <laughs> to are, you those are, those are good words as well in in india what's happened in the last and this is Uh, once again you know it's a difficult one for me to answer because i'm being put in a position of kind of spokesperson for the cricket media or whatever no no you just give your personal opinion you know my my view on this to... is in the last 10 or 15 years there's been an explosion in media in india mm-hmm. now what that has meant is that there is um there there were at one point a large number of jobs available because people needed to run networks and uh, run newspapers and run magazines and all of that mm-hmm. yes since those jobs became available perhaps in those jobs a lot and this is not just specific to cricket a lot of people were hired who weren't quite ready to do the jobs that they were they were asked to do mm-hmm. which meant for instance in the hindu newspaper earlier there used to be a system by which you worked 10 or 50 10 years or whatever or for a certain number of years before you covered an international series you co- you watched 7 8 uh, years of domestic cricket that was another time uh this is a new time so yes i think that to a certain extent i concede what shrikant is saying mm-hmm. that there is a there is a lack of depth of knowledge of the sport that several people are covering mm-hmm. that that is true that may be true with me as well that there might be a um, and I, i'm you know quite happy sometimes to look at a certain something i've done uh, on air and uh, and i'll say you know perhaps i should i should learn more about that subject before i i um, go up on it the next time mm-hmm. that is true in television there are certain other things that you need uh, uh, the certain other aspects of your job that you need one is you need to um, be able to cultivate sources is very important subhash i keep saying this to you because you know this is something that i work with every day mm-hmm. you need to have a limitless amount of energy <laughs> because it's a job that demands almost physical labor of you if you uh, you know you're a traveler you've been to M- the melbourne and trinidad mm-hmm. uh, if you've seen any tv reporters basically you know what they are trying to do is they're trying to upload a huge amount of material on the internet mm-hmm. to wherever they are to make prime time and things like that they don't necessarily have the time to reflect on their work they just do it you mm-hmm. know they just do it get it done but i think that slowly uh, there's a more nuanced viewer out there as well 
and i'm feeling that when i see it on twitter and uh, and uh, places of that kind and the response i get for instance sometimes to my blogs or to something i've done on tv i'll I, i'll do something on tv and i'll get something on twitter immediately saying you know what kind of idiotic question was that that's not a comparison that you're supposed to make this is not i think that um, there is scope definitely for a huge amount of improvement as journalists for a lot of people including ourselves in the business there's different kinds of reporters mm-hmm. some of us are trying to be better than we are right now mm-hmm. and some of us are quite content to be exactly where they are that's reporting and the other side is that there's a lot of television that is being done in india right now mm-hmm. which is which is largely using cricket as an entertainment tool yes and uh, that is television that i find personally extremely uh, troubling in fact if i i find the coverage of the ipl on setmax um, uh, you know i i'm I, i i disagree with the way that the that the coverage is structured but there's very little subhash i can do about it there's i there's um, absolutely nothing i can do about it except look at the quality of our own coverage and that i can I, i'm pretty certain that we are always trying to improve not just with the editorial content but also with the production quality that we put out one last question a personal question and then i'll let you go and this comes from uh, shiva uh, on twitter is uh, atlas danced you have a lot of uh, you know former players uh, coming on your show some may have had some shady things going on things uh, around them and when they come on uh, your show do you feel anything you know this is just a personal question um do you feel odd sometimes when they talk about say a legend like rahul dravid uh, who has like you know a spotless career a phenomenal career i'm not sure if uh, we've had uh, too many people on the channel who have a history of shady dealings or things of like of that nature one of the things we take great pride in in the choice of analysts that cnn and ibn puts out is largely um i think you would you wouldn't find them to be a uh, shady <laughs> i think if you look at our current set of analysts for instance harsha is um, harsha bogle is one of our premier analysts as is sanjay manjrekar and uh, uh, as is anil kumble those are the three most i'm not asking yeah, on, uh, who on your pro- most prominent one you know there will be times when you bring on somebody yeah. and then you're like really yeah. it, it can happen and again subhash this you know i think you'll uh, you probably so the, i'm not uh, saying names you know i'm not naming names yeah no yeah, i i understand what you're saying but one i'll i'll tell you one thing sometimes a story acquires such a, a life of its own that uh, in live television uh, people come on which uh, you look back on retrospectively and you have huge arguments with your uh, um with your senior staff saying you know why did we put up a person of this kind on on air that is that can happen but i think as a largely as a principle the people that we have put on uh, have a credibility have um, you know their their opinion um, is uh, respected and they take positions on issues without being uh, abusive or um, uh, or using colorful language about players and i think that's the most we can do that the people that we put out mm-hmm. are people of uh, of high caliber and uh, uh, and integrity excellent on that note uh, thank you so much for coming on the show garov it was an absolute pleasure talking to you 
Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Couch Talk.